0: Hello and welcome to another Social Dad podcast. Today, I'm here with Colin Conrad, um, and we're talking about uh, LGBTQ plus uh, youth and their mental state. Hello, hello, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Um, do you want to just start off by saying about who you are and what you yeah, do? Yeah, of
1: course. So, I'm Colin Conrad. I'm the executive director and founder for Publicly Private. We're a nonprofit organization that focuses on the LGBTQ plus. In the southern United States.
0: Amazing. Um, Why just the southern United States?
1: Just the southern United States, for me, personally, it's because I came from there. I moved to Los Uh Angeles at the age of 19 to kind of get away, there were no resources at the time. So it's kind of a personal journey for me. Uh, And I'm working towards building that community up.
0: Amazing. How long have you been doing that?
1: We launched actually in June 2022, but we had a whole process um, before that of filings. It does take a long time to become an NGO. So we had the process started basically developing publicly private in January 2021 and then launched in June 2022. And we're actually working on completely redoing our interface and our website only after seven months of operation just to completely improve and make it exactly what the dream is for it.
0: So there were no resources um, before you just started that?
1: There were no resources at the time when I was growing up, no. Um, Pretty much Uh being queer in the South.
0: Why do you think that
1: is? Being queer in the South, that's very conservative over there. And a lot of the legislation actually goes against uh, people of the South. For example, Tennessee doesn't have any protections for LGBTQIA plus workers or any protections for housing or medical care. You can be denied all of that just because of your choice to live your life um, truthfully.
0: Wow. Um, That's, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Um, So, what, I mean, what, okay. So, I mean, it's a massive subject, and I want to be very careful about, you know, saying the right words. And I think that's um, a, a lot of the reason why some people don't want to talk about this kind of thing sure. because they're worried about you know saying the wrong thing or offending somebody um but i think it it's a hugely important question i mean as a dad we talk about um how different people love different people and you can marry or love whoever you want and it's all right. good um and i think it has to be a generational thing where the parents tell the kids that of course you can love whoever you want to love and it would be weird to think otherwise well, um so
1: well the fact that you're just the fact are, that you're just stating that you know shows that you're in a great parent there's a lot of parents out there that, that don't feel that way and they don't feel that their kids especially in the south um being so religious they believe yeah. that you know i don't know all hell is going to break loose if their child is lgbtqia plus
0: yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of reasons why people think the way they do. And um, I mean, in my view, it's it's a lot of sort of critical thinking um, and being open to new ideas and, and yeah. celebrating the fact that people should be kind and, and love everyone and then leave it at that. Yeah, correct. Um, don't worry about what you read in a book that was right. written yeah, and there's, hundreds of years ago. There's lots of, of fear ago. that
1: surrounds it, I think, and misunderstanding. And I think if we all just exposed ourselves to different types of people and different types of communities around the yeah. world, we would have a lot less issues than we do.
0: Yeah, and I think it's... I mean, people are going to love who they who they want to love no matter what their religion. Correct. But the fact that they can't be open about it creates an awful lot of mental stress um, and often them lashing out in very unhealthy ways. Exactly. Um, so what kind of support um, do, does your organization provide, but also can uh, LGBTQ plus youth, uh, what can they find?
1: Yeah, so we provide informational and awareness resources as well as um, testing for STDs and STI support. It's all virtual. And then uh, online group therapy sessions, which are, Affirmation. If you look at the statistics, especially released by the Trevor Project, the amount of the percentage of suicide, if they have an affirming school or an affirming home, tends to drop by a few ten to six percent if they just have a little bit of affirmation. Now, growing up LGBTQI plus is hard because it's not the norm, um, and that is kind of why we need to create this awareness around it and make it you know, make parents want to talk about it, let them them know that it is okay, because affirmation really plays a huge role. But online, our informational awareness is kind of like where we provide education on revolving topics around community health and culture, because it's not really taught in schools. And there's a lot still to learn about the LGBTQIA plus community. I feel like I learn new things every day or expose myself to new statistics or different ways Mm -hmm. that we express ourselves. And then the testing is critical because we, especially in the South, like I said, stated before, when you can be denied healthcare because you're LGBTQIA plus, are you going to go get your, you know, annual screening or your quarterly screening for STDs? You're probably not. So having that supportive yeah. area where they can go and search that out, online and it includes a telehealth visit with a physician it makes it just more accessible especially people in rural communities that may not even have transportation you know to a medical facility that would support them and then we yeah. also ship prophylactics under that same category we call it venture so we have explore venture and strengthen we call it venture and we ship prophylactics to people because a lot of of my fear growing up was I wasn't even really comfortable going into the stores and buying um, pro- protection before a sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Even living in Los Angeles now, it's still kind of awkward for me, and I've gotten over it.
0: I think that's awkward for yeah. everybody, but I, so, mean, I mean, even more so for... Yeah, know. and
1: I just think, you know, in the South, and especially in schools, I was really taught abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. wasn't really taught mm-hmm. about condoms and how to properly use them, and how to put them on or anything like that. So we're trying to cover that subject as well by providing it for free, shipped directly to people, participants' homes. And then the Strengthened Sessions, um, we have one for parents of LGBTQIA+, as well as LGBTQIA+, and those are open to anybody throughout the states or who who wants to access them. And then LGBTQIA+, youth as well.
0: So um, what, what can people do uh, like if they have uh, friends and family who are LGBTQ plus um, like what what kind of things can they do to um, help or provide support uh, to their friends and family who may be coming out or not sure if they want to come out or if they're sort of um, they want to start a conversation with them because perhaps their parent is is not open to the idea or they just need someone friendly to talk to. I think it's just um,
1: exactly what you said: being someone friendly to talk to, um, listening without judging, hearing what they have to say without rebuttaling back a comment, just being that affirmation that they need. That as you, you know, get out of the youth stage, I think is where it's hard mm-hmm. or wherever. Once you come out and you find your community it's, you know, you realize that it's all going to be okay. And it does take a lot of time for me personally. It took about 10 years to be comfortable with myself after moving to, um, wait. Well, I figured out I was gay at the age of 13. And then it took mm-hmm. about 10 years so at 23. That's when I finally realized it's, you know, it's going to be okay. And I can finally own it. And that was moving. That took me moving across the country away from all of it to figure it out and letting go of all the, you know, suppression and the,
0: Do you want to? Are you okay talking about how you found out that you were gay? Yeah.
1: So I am okay with that. Yeah, of course. I actually kind of figured it out through, um, well, puberty hit at the age of thirteen, and then of course, Mm. young boys they like to uh, explore online and watch watch porn. So I was watching porn, and I kind of figured it out that way. And plus, I kind of started Mm -hmm. to realize that my attraction wasn't really for women. I found men more attractive, but it wasn't a safe. An affirm, affirming a uh, place for me to come out to anybody. So I suppressed it, I believe, until I moved to Los Angeles at 19. And then I started a job here and everyone was like, you're gay, and, you know? And it wasn't like, you're gay in a negative context. It was like, you're gay, we're gay too, yeah. let's be friends. So I started, um, started my chosen family. And from there I was able to be comfortable with myself. And after a year I, of living in LA, I came out to my family and I didn't really disclose <laughs> it publicly online. Um, or tell anybody, I just didn't feel the need to um, confirm that. But actually later on it did play a huge role for me. I needed to like release it and just say it publicly. So I finally did on Instagram and that, you know, kind of took it back, took it back. How did that feel? It felt liberating. It felt nice to just finally live my truth. And, um, you know, just Mm kind of say, you know, what took the longest I think was overcoming the bullies. constantly said you know you're gay but like in a negative way and switching it and turning it into a positive light for myself was the the hardest
0: yeah and that's that's a, a huge problem with you know school bullies like they'll just call you anything like your hair's different yeah they'll just you know get you for that um and it's horrible but it's when you're trying to discover yourself or or coming like discovering new um things about you and they just like make it they demonize it it's awful yeah um what what advice would you give um a youth who is let's say they're sort of thinking okay I think I I might be gay or bi or pan or or any of the other variations um and but they don't have a community around them they don't have the support like say they live in a rural state um and all their schoolmates are straight or you know say that they're straight or whatever mm-hmm. and they, they think why like there's no one i can talk to what what advice would you give them
1: well i would say you know there are there are places that they can go especially if they're feeling um, sad and hopeless there are crisis hotlines for that um but publicly private we do have um, Online informational awareness, where they can kind of read about the community. People are able to share their stories on there, um, and then we have our affirmation groups, which are strengthened. I would say potentially if they're feeling brave enough to join one of those, but it it does, unfortunately, it does. When you're LGBTQI plus, it does sometimes take a long time for you to be comfortable with yourself, and um, you will, but you will get there, and you will find it. The royal, the royal communities. Are definitely not the best place to grow up. Uh, especially we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen recently all the uh, protests here in the states against drag shows and all this. I know. This it's awful.
0: They have them here as well in Vancouver. Yeah,
1: all this backwards, all this backwards <laughs> rhetoric around a, a drag show. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, the first well, I just traveled back from Puerto Rico. Uh, I went on a little vacation, a little holiday there, and the first place. Nice. I felt actually felt accepted. Was at a drag show, and they like made it was the first (laughs) night of my trip, and they made my trip so much more enjoyable because they were just so welcoming, and it was just such like a place of community. So that's great. I just wish
0: that you
1: know people would understand the culture behind it.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think I think there's an awful lot of people who um, they're sort of guided by the people around them and their parents often, you know, if they grow up around people who use derogatory words or put other people down because of who they are, what they believe in, um, then they're going to mirror that. And because they'll just learn that's the way it is. I mean, we were lucky in in Vancouver in Canada because uh, one of my old neighbors in our old place uh, was transitioning. Mm -hmm. um, And it was great because... I mean, as well as maintaining our friendship, uh, and she's an incredible gardener. We used to um, sort plants, and she'd give us all the berries. Yeah. Um, but my daughter and my nieces could see what was going on and and ask questions about it, and um, see her in her new, you know, appearance. And it was an incredible uh, learning opportunity yeah. for for me as well, but also them to know that this is great and it should be celebrated and it's it's lovely to see yeah um but some a lot of people don't have that um around them and so they can't sort of normalize it right um how like is there a way to help people who either can't wrap their heads around it or they're just like, ah, I don't know. It seems a bit weird to me, or like these people are evil and uh, not to be trusted, kind of thing. Um, like, how do you how do you help them, or do you not? Do you just like give them a, a wide berth. Uh...
1: <laughs> well, I think you know the ones that are willing to learn, they just need to have the conversation with the right person and kind of expose themselves mm-hmm. to the right outlets that explain it in a way that doesn't, you know, make them feel like they're uneducated. So if it's finding yeah. those right resources where it's more of a conversation rather than an argument, you know, and I've had conversations with people in regards to pronouns and their immediate response was uh, something like, you know, I don't see how someone can be more than one person. And I'm like, well, you do it all the time when you're writing an email. You'll be yeah. like they when you're probably talking about only one person because you don't know that, you know, if they're he or she you are doing it subconsciously all the time. so. Why not? Why is it so hard to call that person they? It's really not, and it kind of,
0: it kind of like
1: spun their mind a little bit in the right direction, and they were like, "Oh, I guess you're kind of right." I was like, "Yeah, just pay attention to it next time." You're like writing an email or texting someone when you're using they to describe one thing um, or one person, then you know, hopefully that little conversation started to. Work its way. it's just—it's just like little exposure, little conversation, and a lot of these people, I think, are afraid to like even expose themselves to anything because they don't want to be painted in the light that they are gay. And you know, the fear. Yeah. There's so much fear around it, which is just. you know. I
0: mean, and and the um like mainstream media and well not mainstream but the sort of silly side of yeah. media where there's sort of anti woke, okay. and it, it's not even wokeness. It's, it's empathy, really, but it's it's the dumbest thing like oh i'm not going to use pronouns because that's dumb it's like well one it's it's considering somebody else for a change right. and also you have to use um, pronouns to describe anything so you're just you're looking silly but they're i think they're they're trying to change the narratives either to, to create engagement and, and you right. know stir people up which is great for their viewing but it. I think it's so unhelpful that it, it goes towards the dangerous yeah, it definitely does. and it, and it makes people angry about it and saying, well, I'm not going to use pronouns. This person is different to me. I don't want to hear their story. I'm not interested. Yeah, we saw, we saw um, the violent
1: effects of it here in, you know, Colorado Springs, you know, when
0: back yeah. that,
1: we had that mass shooting at the LGBTQIA plus club there. That,
0: yeah.
1: It's just the fear of, uh, <laughs> the fear of, uh,
0: Drags drag queens others. and it's fear of others and it just you know it's yeah I mean I've met a couple of, um, drag queens and they're the nicest people I've ever <laughs> yeah, met yeah they're so um this and they're so funny um but yeah it's yeah it I think it's even sometimes and I don't want to put any labels on right. anyone else because I don't know the story but people who have to fight against who they are can sometimes turn that fight out exactly
1: it's all well, you see bullies, you see yeah. it's just exactly what you just said you see bullies do it all the time um my insecurities yeah. i'm gonna reflect on you is basically what it is and you know, as a, yeah. as a young child it, you don't really understand what's happening but when you look back at it as an adult or whenever i now encounter somebody that wants to you know act or lash out at me and throw insults at me i'm like okay well that's you know so i did the self-work now so i'm like that's not a reflection of me. I know who I am, and I know you know the kind of person I am. So, go ahead. Like you know, I'll be your. I'll let you vent on me. But that's really a reflection of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's an incredibly strong stance to take. Um, but very difficult for someone who is, especially for a, a person who is just coming to grips with who they are and who they like. Um, and uh, do you think that, um, all this violence towards the, the community is making it harder for people to come out. Yeah,
1: I definitely do. I am um, in my hometown. I'm close with one of the longest standing gay bars there. Um, and they don't even, they didn't even want, want to do a charity events um, in, around the holidays mm. because of the shooting. And they were afraid. They didn't want to create any press around them. They were just like, let's just lay low. Um, and that definitely affects the way the community is feeling this is fear yeah isn't that a shame
0: yeah. like the the radicalists and the racists and the hateful people feel like that they've got a voice now yeah. but everyone else has to to stay behind yeah.
1: and the ones that did do charity events they saw protests outside of their um doors even though they were like you know they did a drag uh, performance yes. to raise toys for homeless children um Oh. They're outside they're greeted with armed um you know, protesters. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. just it's just crazy I, to see, you know. I just like i like we said before, I just wish there's just more conversation um around it and less of an argument.
0: Yeah. In in Vancouver we had uh the this uh protest. Um there I think there's was like a drag uh kid's reading. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a drag queen and then they're reading or yeah, they were reading to uh, kids. They are reading right. books, which is great, lovely. Um, the more normalization of, of everybody's different ways of life is fantastic. Except then there was, of course, the protests right. by the not very well, uh, I don't want to say educated, but they're not openly thinking. Um, but then there was um, more protesters on the side of the drag queens that shut the the idiots mm-hmm. down, and that was great, I mean, and they were like a mixture of every lifestyle shutting down the people who were just full of hate and anger, and that was fantastic to see, and I really hope we have more of that um and that I think that happened because I mean obviously especially here it's a very um, forward thinking city yeah. um but I think there was not much fear of rap retribution because you can't really have guns here. Um but in America when the protesters are all heavily armed, which is a whole nother awful situation. Like I in my opinion, get rid of assault rifles completely. You don't need an assault rifle. No one needs it. But um and the government aren't coming for you and you don't need to have weapons in your house. Um and I don't think people should have handguns either. But having said that, if the protesters against you are heavily armed and would love for a reason to use them, exactly. how are you supposed to have any kind of voice that opposes that? Right.
1: It, takes, it would take a lot to stand up against that. And I can't say that I would be on the front of that line either.
0: No, I'd avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I don't want to get shot because some Muppets got yeah. a gun.
1: And that's um, why you almost just kind of, you know, start to ignore it, but then if you start to ignore it, does their voice become more powerful yeah. or not, you know?
0: Exactly. And so even more reason for support. And also education for the people who um who who don't get it. Um what what do you think is uh good tools for people to um find their community? Like I I I know people can use like I don't know, dating apps and community apps and things like that. But I worry that, especially for youth, yeah. finding people on there, it might not be a particularly safe yeah, exactly. haven.
1: I I would say that, you know, it really, for youth, it kind of relies mostly on the schools, right? Because kids are going to school pretty much every day um, and mm-hmm. community can start there. Schools should definitely be encouraged to educate on the LGBTQIA+. I mean, the lack of education also stems and creates this fear because if we were talking about it, maybe more people would understand it. And, you know, education tends to, Mm -hmm. you know, bring people to a different aspect than they were previously. So creating a, you know, a gay straight alliance in the schools would be awesome and having zero tolerance policies for bullying um, and just really having overall education on bullying in schools and, teachers and representatives of the schools and administrators just really understanding the, you know, the most common mistakes to avoid when a child is being bullied.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, okay. I want to move on to some questions. I like to ask, um, my, uh, guests, uh, about themselves. Um, what is your love language? Oh, my love language.
1: Uh, my love language is probably uh, quality time, I would say.
0: With uh, and, That's a nice one. Um, and what is your self-sabotaging behavior?
1: Oh, self-sabotaging behavior. Definitely, probably not um, trusting myself enough or believing in myself enough. I tend to like, be a critical, do you think critical thinker of every decision I make. Instead of just you know trusting myself in that aspect, And I think that you know that probably s- stems from the bullying I faced and not wanting to ever be in the spotlight, um, mm-hmm. trying to find the right decision in order to hide who I was, instead of finding the decision to be who I want to be.
0: Um, what's one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I I look back often, uh, you know, the closeted gay side of myself, um, and I wish I could tell him, you know, just come out, you'll be okay, and, uh, you know, start your journey there, because it definitely is there – are, there are regrets from not coming out, um, even though I knew it wasn't safe for myself. You know, I never got to – I didn't go to the school dances with people, because uh, I didn't want that mm-hmm. spotlight on myself. Uh, I didn't – do certain things I haven't I never really got to experience I never actually did experience young love um at that age and I think that also plays a role in you know the LGBTQI plus um, mental health state but I yeah. think that I would try to encourage myself just to be more truthful and who I wanted to be
0: thank you for sharing yeah. that um and what is your idea of happiness?
1: Oh, my idea of happiness probably. Well right now I live in live in the um LA City, but I think one day, you know, I just want to retire to a farm somewhere and be uh a gardener for, for life and have a farm and
0: I know exactly what you mean, I don't know. Yeah. About. Just just peace. I just want it's just very it's simple. Just simple yeah.
1: living, peace. Um, you know, not having to worry about all these Things that society puts pressure on us to worry about.
0: I think that's quite a common dream. Yeah. um With so much going on, yeah. so much news, and and you know, outside forces of, of stress and anxiety and everything that's going on, I think so many people just want to be like, you know what, I'm going to go live on a farm and have a dog and yeah. grow some vegetables. I think what, you know, there. the
1: greatest thing for me that came out of the pandemic was. Uh, uh, learning about quality of life, you know, especially yeah, come growing up in the United States where such a work-heavy culture here, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I was young, when I first moved to LA, I was working three jobs. So in order to like oh. build up to be able to afford to live here, so I think that yeah, the pandemic taught people a lot, especially here in the U.S. And I think a quality of life was definitely one of them,
0: and it's kind of yeah people had time to think like think about hobbies yeah. and like oh, what do i what do i want to do with my yeah, time and, you saw some of and then anything career shift as well
1: you know to like something that yeah. serve them more and you're seeing this work remote uh campaign come up
0: finally yeah, so. took long enough
1: and the four day work week yeah. i'm all for that so you know, yeah I right wanna...
0: yeah i mean people work until the evenings anyway yeah. so why not um Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, yeah, Colin. really I appreciate it. it. Um, where can people find you and, and your organization? We're on
1: publiclyprivate.org. Uh, so that you can search us there or Google publicly private and we should come up. And, or you can follow us on Instagram. Um, our Instagram is publiclyprivate, but remove the vowels. And that's our app on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram and Facebook
0: Perfect. I'll put the links in the show notes as well.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. It's great talking.
0: Thank you, Colin. I really appreciate it. And and thanks for being so open as well. Thank you. Bye.